Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Matthew 17. The Christian life should be one of confidence. As we have seen, it should be characterized by faith and not by fear. But as we dig deeper into the nature of that, especially confidence, you come across some people and they are just naturally confident, naturally bold. And sometimes that confidence is because they're confident in their own abilities. And one thing I want us to see today is that the confidence of the Christian life does not come from our own ideas, from our own strength, from our own abilities. It comes through faith in in Jesus Christ. Our confidence is in Him. Now, let me show you how we see that in our reading today. Our reading today begins with the transfiguration. I do think there is a link here between uh, this story of the transfiguration and how chapter 16 ended with Jesus saying there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Well, now, boom, after six days, Jesus takes some of them, Peter, James, and John, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. So here they get to see Jesus in a glimpse of his glory. Even you think at Christmas time, we sing those lines and hark the herald angels sing, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. I will hear the, the, the curtain gets pulled back. I mean, he's still, it seems like in a, a physical body, but there is a, a radiance to it, right? His clothes became as white as light. His face is shining. And Peter says, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to Him. So here in this moment, you get another, similar to the baptism, a stamp of approval from the Father. The Father clearly speaking here, saying, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to Him. Now, also, In that moment, you see another thing, Moses and Elijah, uh, very easily symbolic of the law and the prophets. Who wrote the law? Uh, Moses. Uh, Who was probably the most famous and revered prophet? Elijah. So you see Moses and Elijah here with Jesus and the Father saying this. And consider again how this fits in with the broader book of Matthew. His point being that Jesus is the Messiah. Wow, the transfiguration, uh, such a clear point really in that argument, the voice of the father himself saying, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And it's interesting there, even just that command, listen to him. 
And if you think through, uh, again, as we think through the, what we're seeing in the text and what is always true, uh, really, we're getting a glimpse into who Jesus is, uh, a vision of him in his glory. And then we see this idea that he is to be listened to. That is something we need to hear today. Listen to Jesus. And, and I like how it comes in context uh, after Peter is talking. Uh, God saying, listen to him. And sometimes we need to do less talking and more listening to Jesus. And then after this story of the transfiguration, there's this discussion about Elijah. And again, we get the commentary from the text, how this is pointing to uh, John the Baptist. But another thing to note in there is Jesus is highlighting how uh, John the Baptist suffered and Jesus, the son of man, will also suffer. And you're going to see that later in the chapter. Remember, we just read in chapter 16 how Jesus starts to more clearly state that he will suffer and die. We see that again here in chapter 17, starting in verse 22, where Jesus says the son of man is about to be delivered into the hands of men and they will kill him and he will be raised on the third day. So he is highlighting the suffering that is to come. But then one of the other main episodes here in chapter 17, where I want us to think more about this idea of confidence, is this story when they come back to the other disciples, they come back to the crowd. There's this man with a son who it says here in Matthew is an epileptic. And he He's saying the disciples could not heal him. And look at what Jesus says in verse 17. And Jesus answered, oh, faithless and twisted generation. How long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here. And then Jesus casts out the demon and the disciples come and they say, why could we not cast it out? And Jesus says in verse 20, because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, these are some important words, and I hope if you've been listening and reading that you've noticed Jesus does keep coming back to this theme of people not having faith people not believing, even his own disciples. And here again, he is calling them out for their little faith. Okay, if we're seeing this repeatedly, maybe we should stop and consider it. If Jesus is repeatedly pointing out to his disciples that their lack of faith is a problem, maybe we should step back and say, hmm, maybe I have a lack of faith and maybe that is a problem. And even when we look at this passage, just a couple things to note. The first is uh, the disciples seem surprised that they could not cast it out. Even the way they say it, why could we not cast it out? Uh, they seemed to have some level of confidence, but it didn't work. And Jesus says, it's because of your lack of faith. And then Jesus makes a statement, and we're going to see several statements like this in the Gospels, uh, where he talks about having faith like a grain of mustard seed and moving mountains. And it's easy for us, I think, in our uh, response to this, to instantly start backing away. 
and just say, well, that can't be as good as it sounds because either of my personal experience uh, or because, well, I've seen this verse twisted and misused. And yes, this verse has been twisted and misused. Um, and so we start backing away and kind of really robbing a verse like this of its power, where what I want us to do in response to these verses is to lean into them. Hey, Jesus is repeatedly telling his disciples they need more faith. And he is describing the power that, uh, that faith can have for those that trust in Jesus. And so we need to consider that for ourselves, that faith is meant to be powerful. And even a little faith can be a very powerful thing. Now, I want to connect a couple of the stories here when we say, well, what does that look like? Well, remember what it says, and we'll read this later in our journey through the New Testament. In Romans, it'll talk about how faith comes from hearing and hearing from what? I heard some of you say it just now, hearing from the word of God. And that's where when we think about this faith, one way I think this verse has been misused is faith becomes a very fuzzy, nebulous idea. And we all start sounding like George Michael singing, you just got to have faith. And in what? What does that even mean? But that's where even in Christian circles, you see that just kind of thrown out. You just got to have faith. Well, that's where I want to connect it to what the father says at the transfiguration when he talks about his beloved son and commands the disciples to listen to him. You want to have stronger faith? Be quiet and listen to Jesus. Listen to his word and your faith will grow. So have faith. But have faith in the word of God, faith that comes from listening to Jesus, the glorious king. That's where a growth in faith is going to come from. So the Christian life should be confident. It should be full of faith. But that confidence in that faith can't come from ourselves. It has to really be based on Jesus Christ and his word. So I hope you take those things away today. Finally, we see the last thing in the chapter, this story of the temple tax and Jesus even making this illustration that, hey, sons are are kind of exempt from this, right? But even just notice how Jesus in verse 27 says, however, not to give offense to them. Uh, He instructs Peter to go and find this fish that's going to have the shekel in it. Even Jesus, there's a moment where he said, hey, I don't have to do this, but so I don't give offense, I'm going to do this anyways. That's something we're going to see elsewhere in the New Testament as well. There are times as Christians where we could say, hey, I have a right to do this or I have a right to not do this, but to not give offense, okay, I'm going to do this or not do this anyways. And just a good lesson from Jesus there. But I pray that as we read through the book of Matthew, where this becomes such a theme, our faith is strengthened. And not just a nebulous faith, not just a vague faith, but a faith in King Jesus and in his word. And I hope you've been built up in that today. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.